Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode 172. Talk about healthy habits for successful neurodiverse entrepreneurs with Jess Joswick. Jess Joswick is the founder of Backbone Business and a business coach for entrepreneurs who want to create high-ticket offers and high-performing teams. She's committed to helping people build equitable businesses that shift our society's structures and change the conversation. She's pureed her background in marketing, brand management, and fundraising with real-life business tools and mindset work to help her clients blow their own minds. She lives in the Pasadena, California area, and in her free time, you can find her hiking, playing video games, and searching for the perfect matcha latte. Jess is here today to talk to us all about neurodivergence. You all asked me for more neurodivergent content, and so, y'all, I delivered. Go grab your coffee, grab your tea, and let's talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It's me. I'm caffeinated. I'm here <laughs> with the lovely and fabulous Jess Joswick. Jess, how are you? Hello. I, I'm great. I'm also Are you caffeinated. also caffeinated? Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That wasn't a yes. prerequisite to this call. We did not exchange information on our caffeine levels, yet it somehow worked out. It's a prereq for me to be just, you know, fit for human consumption. So I love it. Uh, I love yeah. it. What's your caffeine of choice? Uh, matcha, actually. Interesting. Uh, I made the switch. Yeah, yeah. I haven't um, gotten into matcha yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's an acquired taste if you're not already a tea person, but... I find it, it's just better for my anxiety. Um, uh, it looks like and... it tastes like grass. Is that real? Mm, no, it tastes like it tastes like any green tea, honestly. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, Fair. it's great. I have a little matcha blender. I love it. It makes me feel. Yeah, fancy. I've heard it's like very much about the ritual of it, like the way you make yeah. it and the time it takes to make. Yes, it is. It's it's very that is the it's very um, intentional. Interesting. Um, I don't know if I do it that way, but uh, <laughs> that is that is how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're doing it. And uh, maybe I'll get on the matcha train at some point this year. It'll be one of my like new adventures. <laughs> yeah, this is it, how you know I'm middle aged. It's like new adventures in matcha is like my adventure for the year. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so y'all, Jess is here today to talk about Healthy habits for neurodivergent entrepreneurs. So all of my neurospicy listeners who've been emailing me, this one's for you. And by the end, I'm sure we're all going to self-assess that we're neurodivergent because that always happens. So that happens all the time too. <laughs> totally. Yes. I mean, um, five minutes on TikTok and I'm like, wait, am I neurodivergent? So maybe. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it, You spend too much time on TikTok and you really start thinking, you know, 
oh my gosh, like all of my, all of my personality traits are wrong <laughs> or, you know, or, or now I've just, you know, I, I've got to be this person or as you said, neurodiverse, like, yes. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yes. I'm really excited that you have had people like people have been writing in and saying, yeah. you know, we want more of this content. Yes, I love it too. First of all, I love hearing from listeners because like podcasting is such a strange art form because I sit here in my office and I speak on this microphone to people and it goes out in the world and I see the numbers, you know, I see that people, a lot of people are listening, but it's like, unless I hear back from them, it's, it's, it's like interesting. We just go like, okay, well, this is what we think people would like. And so I love when people suggest topics. Yeah. Circling back totally. on the TikTok of it all for a sec. I just want to ask you this because it popped in my head. Like, because there is, I feel like, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there's so much more awareness around neurodiverse people, not even entrepreneurs. Um, is it a gift or a curse? Like, or more, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or more people, <laughs> you know, because like we're so aware now, is it, is it, I don't know. What do you think about that? You know, I think that it is mostly a gift. I think that it's like 93% a gift. Um, and I was just talking with somebody about this this morning, actually, um, uh, about how I think it be, I think it that it is this way because people who once you get a diagnosis it really um, affirms things that have happened in your life and makes you feel like you are understood um, yeah. when seen um, even though you know the medical community especially with mental health can be not welcoming let's put it that way yeah. but having said that. Um, uh, yeah, I really think that getting getting a diagnosis and, and just building an awareness that, okay, my brain is not broken. My, you know, the way that I think is is valid. And there are other people who think that way too, or there are other people who behave this way um, and need the support that I need. So I, I, I do think that for that reason, it is a net positive. I love that. I agree. I mean, I know social media, people can think of it as the devil, but I quite like it. I think it's it's just another tool that like helps us learn about ourselves and others, you know? It is, it is really a tool. That's what I try to tell them to my, to my clients. Like, look, this is just one marketing channel. Um, it's yeah. the most popular one for sure. Um, and you, you have other options. So it's, it's another tool in your tool belt. It may be a little bigger, a little sharper than other, the other tools, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's, it can be what you, it's one of those things that we, we, it, it becomes what we make of it. If it's, yeah. you know, if we think it's a monster, then it'll just continue <laughs> to snowball and be yeah, an it, even it, bigger it, monster. <laughs> it, it, it definitely manifests whatever, <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you believe about it. Um, yes. All right. Well, we're here today just to talk about habits, which honestly is sort of like my new pet topic, just in a general sense. And I'll, we'll talk more about this as we get into the topics, but I, I just feel like habits are so often undervalued and overlooked. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I agree. And um, the it really, I think people get put off by habits by just the word, or like, oh, you need to develop new habits or healthy habits or better mm -hmm. habits, um, because there's it, it is so there's so much baggage. Um, it's just it feels like a loaded term. Um, but a habit is really like just something that we do every single day on a regular basis. We all have habits already. And they are, I would say, you know, I would like to look at them from a neutral perspective. Uh, because habits really are just a system. Um, they're part of your personal system. They're part of your system in your business. Um, it really is just like your tech. 
and it's really important to have them because the right ones, um, ones that actually support you, help you see some small wins that are often overlooked, that you overlook. I agree. And I think oftentimes when, um, at least I know for myself, I'll speak only for myself, when I am having a day that feels off or my mindset is off or I'm just, you know, those days you're just in a shitty place somehow, like somehow you woke up and you were fine. And then somehow you're like, oh shit, I am in a bad way right now. Mm -hmm. It's on those days where I look back and go, okay, well, did I do any of my habits? Did I, and I have a pretty intensive morning routine. Oh, I I don't want to say intensive. I just want to say it takes me a long time to do. And I used to have a lot of judgment about the amount of time I was spending on myself. And then this year in 2023, I just decided to fuck it. And that's what I need. It is what I'm releasing my own judgment on like, oh, how much time it takes me to get my day together. Well, who cares? As long as my day gets together, who cares? Yeah. You know, right. Um, I, that's, that's great. And that's what I do with my clients. A lot of the time is just helping them release the stories that they've told about how, you know, they should be, how they should be showing up, how they should look. Um, it's a huge thing for the folks that I work with. You know, these, these are messages we can go down that path of identifying where they're from, you know, but the bottom line is that a lot of them are from, you know, white supremacist capitalist society. And we, yeah. the, the faster that we can, you know, really tune into what we need, not, not like my neighbor or somebody I follow on Instagram or <laughs> right. my mentor, but like, right. yeah, what do I need? And it takes me a really long time too in the morning to actually get my brain going and my body going. Can I ask you what a really long time means for you? Oh, um, probably, probably an hour and a half before I'm actually, you know, ready to do things. Yeah. Mine is like three hours. Yeah. I love it. Like it oh takes me like, cause I'm That's not amazing. a morning person and I don't want to get out of bed, but then also I want to yeah. read. And then I know I have <laughs> to like make my plan for the day, do my full focus planner, journal, meditate, stretch. Like it's a whole thing Then I make my coffee, take my vitamins. Cause if I don't do it in the morning, I'm not going to do it. If I don't work yeah. out in the morning, yeah. that's not going to happen either. So it's not going to happen. It's just, I kind of front load my day. And the reason, listeners, that I asked Jess to like name name it, right, what feels like a lot is because like three hours, I think, neutrally is a lot of time, but like in a neutral way, you can just be like, well, three hours is three hours. But now at this point, I know that like if I can see my day the next day, I'm like, oh, okay, I have to get up and out early that I just need to get myself to bed early so that I can wake mm-hmm. up and maybe I don't get a full three hours, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I do a 20 minute workout and not a f- hour long workout or whatever it is, but I just know that that's kind of what I need now. And it took me years to get there. So did it, how was this mm. um, like evolution of your habits? Did you get there rather quickly or was it a more uh, lengthy period? You know, it's been, it's definitely been a few years in the making and I don't even have a set routine, honestly. Um, I know a lot of folks um, advocate for that and and just do it in their, in their lives anyway. I, I kind of have ebbed and flowed with, with my own, system in the morning. But I, I, I think what, what stayed consistent is giving myself some flexibility and grace for, you know, those days when I do wake up in a shitty mood or I didn't get the sleep that I really needed. And yeah. I just, I want, I, I do what I know I need that day. Um, sometimes I take a walk. Uh, it's not every day though. So, and right. I used to really beat myself up about not having a morning routine that I stuck to or really, you know, wanted to ha- have the motivation to create it. But, 
yeah, like, like you did this year, <laughs> um, I just released it. I was like, you know what, this yeah. is, this works for me. Yeah. One of the things that um, you talked about with me offline, off recording, is that, you know, neurodiverse folks are all different, but generally thrive in a routine. But then you also say it's kind of difficult to create that routine, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, the term, before we get into that, I just want to be clear, you know, the term neurodiverse is really, it's an umbrella term. Us neurodiverse folks are all so different among ourselves. And, you know, we're not just our diagnoses, even when, you know, somebody has like three people have the same diagnosis, they're going to have different things that work for them and be different. And so, um, you know, anything that I say about neurodiversity um, should be taken, you know, that way that there are like some people it applies to and some people it doesn't. Yeah. Routine is, is generally hard for us. We, even though it's, it's what we, we need, we crave, it's really hard to sustain it. Our, our brains are either, you know, thinking about a million different things or uh, very just like needy <laughs> for lack of a better term. Like <laughs> I need so much rest and downtime and sleep. Um, and if like one ingredient is off, like the whole, it throws off the whole stew, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, it, it's, but we, we need to find it. So for neurodiverse folks, um, we, because we don't have that natural drive to, you know, create routine or, or even know what it looks like for ourselves, we have to find a, a process that is like outside of us, but something that we will stick to. Mm. And it it's difficult because a lot of the advice is for neurotypical people. N- neurotypical folks like just don't have these challenges. Like they're all the chemicals are firing in the right way. <laughs> um, so it's it, it it's it's a struggle, and it's so important. Yes. So I know you said you just said neurodiverse people are not a monolith, but can you think of like some example of like some common advice that's given that just doesn't work in your, in your, you know, you know, experience for neurodiverse folks? Yeah. A big one is doing something every day um, or doing something on, on whatever cadence, you know, the person giving the advice recommends. It's um, a lot of neurodiverse folks just every day is just not going to be feasible because it's, it's not necessarily fun. And so we, you know, tend to lose interest in things that aren't fun for us. (laughs) Uh, And then that cycle of, you know, being hard on yourself starts that self-recrimination, like, oh man, I missed one day. Um, Now I have to go back and now I have to start from, you know, zero and that I I suck because of that. Right. So So like a 30 day challenge might not be a real positive thing for some neurodiverse folks. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. And uh, a 30 day challenge might work if there is, if, if the goal is like staying consistent, but it doesn't have to be on a set schedule. Uh, so there's, you know, something like that when where you're motivating yourself by really what is the, what is the goal of a, a challenge versus making sure that I'm sticking to you know, all of these rules that somebody else made. 
It's really interesting, right? Because like I, I kind of, I'm in the online marketing space. Like I'm a course creator, I'm an educator. We're about to launch a membership. And I think for those of us who put out this, this content, right? We're told like, oh, do a, do a challenge. People will love it. And then perhaps we do one and people fall off and we take that as a, oh man, it wasn't a successful challenge. And it's like, I don't, I think it's interesting that like, there's never, there hasn't ever, at least that I've seen in the spaces that I'm in, been any language for like, and sometimes challenges don't work for everyone's brain. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. how silly is that, that it isn't part of the conversation, right? Like not every mode of teaching or challenging or coaching or whatever works for every single brain. That's why you're here today, right. just to shed light on all this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's so true. You know, people don't say that. And I think that it's, it's really because we know that a lot of our clients get overwhelmed by choice. And so it's so much easier to say, here's the answer. You know, here's the thing that's going to work. Right. Um, versus nuance. And so, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, you know, I've done that in the past too. Like, here's the way to do it. Um, sometimes you need that, you know, even for neurodiverse people, um, like sometimes we need to just say, you know, have one option. Um, and sometimes we need, we need multiple and, but that's true yeah. for everybody. It's just yeah. really difficult <laughs> to teach I people. Think, <laughs> yeah. And I also think the important thing too, is like, if you have neurodiverse folks in your community to like, just ask them what they need, because like you said, everyone's going to be different. I met with a new coaching client uh, last week and she said, do we have to start on this day? You said we have to start. And I was like, well, not necessarily. What's up? And she was like, it doesn't work for me. I need a longer ramping up point to start. And I said, okay, well, what, whatever you need, like we'll make it work. But had she not said that, I would never have known. Because to me, a right. starting date means is like, yeah, it's, it's neutral. It's okay. That's the date we start. Sure. Like, I, you know, it's nothing to me really, but it was something mm -hmm. to her. And I was glad she felt free to tell me that, you know? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I like how you said neutral. We don't often think that that's an option. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and again, I, this goes back to nuance, um, especially in the online space. It's just really hard to come by. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. <laughs> but, yeah, but things can be neutral, you know, like yeah, policies I, can be just neutral. <laughs> I, I strive to make many things neutral, like uh, so much of, well, this is a whole other conversation, but so, so little of what happens to us in our lives or what is said to us or quote unquote done to us in our lives is, has anything to do with us. Right. So I try to remove myself and my own ego from things a lot and just be like, what do you need? What, what, what would make this better? Right. Cause I'm just one person in the world. I don't know what's going to be right for everyone else. You know, I only, I barely know what's right for me most days. I'm just still trying, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Let's talk about okay. habits as like in, in the, in the language of just like small actions. Right. So like, how do you say there's something you want to be successful at? And you're like, like we said, like maybe the 30 days of writing Peloton doesn't work. So how do you break mm -hmm. that down into something that might work? So it, it's so important to have small actions because a lot of times we tell ourselves, I can't do this thing. I, it's just either the goal is too big or I've never done it before or both, or it's, it's something that is, we, we've known, you know, it's something that we've, we've failed at in the past in some way. Um, and I say, you know, I use the word fail in a very general way. Like we just, it, it's new to us potentially. So creating a small, a sequence of very small steps towards that is really, really key. Um, that really takes advantage of our brain's processes. We really do have the capacity to do this um, because we already have habits in our lives. 
you know, as I said earlier, the goal here is to make these actions somewhat unconscious. Something that I really like to play with is habit stacking, where uh, so in this you you create um, a basically a series of habits um, that help you get to something that you have been putting off or you just for some reason you have some resistance to it. Yeah, I love uh, habit stacking. So, yes, yes. So um, how do you use it? I'm really curious, actually. Well, I would say my. Well, like this newer sort of longer morning is a habit stack because I do it in the same order every day. Mm -hmm. It just makes my brain happy to be like, and then I don't have to think too much about it. You know, it just, like you said, kind of becomes automatic and that like, okay, I'm done with one thing. I go to the next, I'm done with this. And I, you know, before I know it, I'm in workout clothes and I'm on the Peloton and I'm like, oh, that's nice. How did I get here? <laughs> um, <laughs> but also like I, I noticed I started, so I read the book Atomic Habits, which I'm sure you have and everyone has. Yes. And then, you know, they use that example of like brushing your teeth, like what's attached to brushing your teeth. And for me, it's like, I have a pretty elaborate skincare routine and I always do it in the same order. And I never really thought about it much. But then once I started sort of investigating my own habits, I was like, oh, that is a habit stack. Like I do it in the same order. And if for some reason I'm tired or whatever, and I do it out of sequence. My brain does kind of give up a little red flag, like, uh oh, something's up. What did you forget? And then, and it's, I, it's nice for me because it, it's sort of, I just get to enjoy the ritual of it. I don't have to, it doesn't feel like labor, you know? Yes. So yeah, I have the I morning like that. one it, and I have the nighttime one. <laughs> same, same. Um, yeah, it, it really, um, the, the main idea with this is how can I reduce the effort um, in my day? Uh, because a lot of the, the folks I work with, uh, in addition to being neurodivergent, um, they're also dealing with chronic health issues. And so, you know, we're, we've got only a, a, a certain amount of energy in the tank and habit stacking really helps you retain it and save it for what you, you know, for a, a better use, frankly, what you really need, you know, what really needs your time and attention. Yeah. It's kind of like we're in the same outfit every day. It's the Steve Jobs of it all, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we just don't have enough time in the day to make everything awesome. And <laughs> when I say that, my, at first, my clients are like, what, what do you, what do you mean? Like <laughs> everything that I do needs to be really good. Um, but we just, we just don't have time as entrepreneurs. Like we just no, can't we make everything really, really awesome. You know, we can't give ourselves the A plus in, in every activity and, yeah. and expecting that we can is really, is really damaging. Well, it's just going to lead to burnout, I think, right? I think the easiest thing, yeah. the hardest thing, but also the easiest thing uh, was many years ago, I just sort of brainwashed myself into into thinking that like B, B, B plus work is good enough sometimes. Not for everything, certainly, but for some things. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I like that. I take it a step further, actually. And I just say, you know, how, what can you C plus today? And I look for that for myself every day. What can you, what can I give myself a C plus on? What, what doesn't actually need all of my, you know, my best hours in the day, my best self. Right. <laughs> um, there's always something there. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to aspire. I'm going to aspire to C plus. <laughs> yeah. C plus for it. Me sometimes, C plus it. If it's a C plus, sometimes it's like, oh, one of my assistants can do that. And I know that yes. that's a, that's a very privileged response, but I also have the uh, sort of the opposite side where I just think I have to do everything myself, even though I pay people. So like, sometimes I'm like, wait, have I given them anything to do? 
And I'm like, ah, if it's a C plus, maybe that can just be someone else. So I love the idea of these small actions that are sequenced. I love that. What else about perfectionism? Like, like, okay. So one of the examples you gave, which I love was like, maybe instead of saying, I'm trying to get better at something, you sort of flip it into a more positive sentence. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yeah. So this um, is, again, it's from, it's from Atomic Habits. I, I also really, really like that book. And the whole idea with this is making everything present tense so you can shift how you think about yourself. So identity shift is really important. So instead of saying, you know, I'm trying to get better at marketing, you would say, I'm, I am a great marketer or yeah. just, I'm a marketer yeah. <laughs> or I'm trying to get better at the piano. Um, that like that it's just a different energy it you is. know you feel it like i'm already this thing i'm yeah. not it's not a it's not a you know far off goal that you know i could play the piano no i'm a pianist right now yeah it, it you know putting that so putting yourself right going right to the end and putting yourself in that moment is really really helpful um and and really i mean you're claiming it first of all but yeah. second of all, then you're just focused on what is the process that is going to work for me rather than trying to get to some title that doesn't actually doesn't actually give you anything. Yeah, um, I also like you know, trying on that new sort of identity. Like um, I do, I trick myself a lot with that. Like I have, I got the other day, I got this idea for a new book that I want to write new, obviously new to me, a new idea for me. And I had all the imposter syndrome flare up immediately, right? Who were you to, mm. this is such a weird idea for you like this is so out of left field who people are going to be like why does she care about you know what i mean i had all the immediately imposter syndrome just come right in and then i just sat with it i journaled with it right and then i eventually just wrote like well i'm a writer and writers write about things am i a writer i mean no not really not publicly but i am a writer to me yes <laughs> and it was an interesting <laughs> thing right because it was like well if i'm a writer then what would and writers write about anything and who cares you're just a writer it's like oh interesting yes. you know Kind yeah, of allows us to get out of our think, own way a bit, you know? Yeah, totally. And and usually when we're not willing to do that, we're waiting for someone else to tell us, oh, you're a writer, <laughs> right. or you're a pianist. <laughs> right. But that doesn't actually, um, you know, that just, it just creates more dependency in your life. So rather, and, and also claiming it now really helps you release being perfect about it. Like, yeah. okay, I'm a writer and I'm going to, you know, get some shitty words on a page you know i'm gonna <laughs> yes. do my morning pages uh yes. we we just like i know for a lot of folks it's just like getting started is the hard part it's really difficult to get it rolling but once you're rolling it's a little bit easier it becomes it becomes easier so yeah. um yeah claim you gotta claim it <laughs> shift, I love shift how you think about yourself like as an entrepreneur i think it's so interesting right because like when i started my business as a wedding planner I had to call myself a wedding planner and I also had to get up enough nerve to call myself a CEO, right? Nobody gave that to me. Nobody one day was like, you are now bestowed upon you as a wedding planner. But now that I'm in business for all these years and I'm branching out into other things, it's it feels more difficult to be like, okay, well, I'm a writer because I'm an established something else. And isn't that an interesting mm -hmm. trick our brains play on us where it's like, well, you can only be the one thing. It's like, uh, no, that's not true. It could be all the things. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You're already this thing and that's it for you. Yeah, <laughs> You've you're done. <laughs> There's a lot of ego in that. Yeah. And, you know, I say that not to call you out because we all do it. Oh no, it's You know, true. we all, yeah. Like uh, it's just trying to keep us safe. 
that's that's the whole that's its whole function yeah and calling yourself something and not knowing how it's going to land is really brave you know it's and it's it is somewhat dangerous and it's what you need to do if you are up to big stuff and and brave moves so we we have to train that muscle yeah let's talk about motivation for a bit because i feel like um neurodiverse or not lately last couple years (laughs) um people have been really saying that they have a lack of motivation or their motivation for things has sort of shifted um what do you think about motivation i don't think motivation really exists period i i i just i really don't um because it it fades and you're that type of when you're relying basically on your own interest in something (laughs) or how cool it is or something like that. Um, I, I, you're always going to run out. And so rather than being motivated, I say, be focused on the importance and impact of your end goal. Why are you doing whatever it is? You're, you're, however it is you're spending your time really. So if it's something in your business and you're trying to launch something new, let's say a whole new side of my, of your business, which is something that I'm working on right now. If I'm just motivated by, oh, I got to get a client or I've got to look really great or I've got to work with this particular person, that's a short-term goal. And it's, you know, once that happens, um, motivation's gone. So it's great for the short term. It's great for a sprint, but to stay in the game for as long as we need, you know, to, as entrepreneurs, to, to do these big things, we have to rely on something other than, oh, I'm inspired or, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. That's fleeting. I mean, that, the, the motivation for that, I think is fleeting, you know? Yes. Especially because you might launch something that might not make enough, quote unquote, whatever that means, money at first. And then it's like, well, do you just deflate? Do you give up? No, you can't. You have to persevere. Right. Yeah. And and also on the flip side, um, we beat ourselves up if we don't reach them. Like then you just say, well, I wasn't motivated enough. There's something wrong with me because I, I, I didn't do it. So again, we go back to my brain is broken. No, it's not. You just need a better system for yourself to do do the things, um, especially if it's a long-term project, like a book. Yes. Yes. Even as I say that, I'm like, oh, that is a long-term project, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is going to take a long time. Oh, (laughs) I forgot about that part. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I love the idea of sort of going back to the core value of it all. I mean, that's kind of how I interpreted what you said. Like, what's the core value here that we're moving toward? And then these small actions and habit stacking to support whatever that goal is, you know? Yes, totally. And the goal, that goal is usually outside of you or your business. What do you um, mean by that? It, it, it's something that, it, well, in the context of your business, it would be the impact on, on your world, on uh, the world and your clients. Got it. Like it, so it, it's not, it's usually better when it's not an ego goal. It's not driven exactly. by your your desire. And I, you know, that may sound obvious, but it's so easy for us to just go right to, well, I want to make this amount of money this year. Right. Or um, just to, to numbers, we have to really go, go wide and say, well, what is the, what is the scope of, what is the real scope of this work that I'm doing? 
Why is it so critical to the whole planet? Right. And it's so much deeper work, right? Than just a number on a page. Yes. Yeah. So much deeper work, especially, I mean, I argue all of us, you know, if you're planning a wedding, yes, it's for one, you know, it's for one couple. And why is the way that you do what you do so critical to be out there in the world? Because if you're not attached to that, you're, you're never going to show up for the length of time you need to. And, and with the, with the energy that you do need to, to do your work. Yeah. I I would love it if we moved away from motivation as like a core, I don't want to say activity, but like a core value of entrepreneurship, right? So much of that language is so embedded in entrepreneurship, right? Like you have to be self-motivated. You have to be a self-starter. And, and while I think that's true, um, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I've seen it in myself. My motivation for certain activities in my business has completely waned over the years, especially Mm. during the pandemic. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. When we rely on motivation, it just, it's, it really is. um, It needs to be a short-term situation because it's always going to go away and you're totally right. Um, I find it borderline shaming to say that, Oh, we, we need to be motivated. We need to be, I don't know the more, actually the more that I say that word right now, the less it means to me. Yeah. <laughs> you <yes. know? laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, do I know what motivation means? Actually, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, I think like motivation's great and all, but like sometimes you just need to answer the damn email. The end. Yes. Yeah. Right. I feel that yes, in myself. Exactly. I've, I've had that experience over the last year where I'm like, oh, this thing. And I put it off and I put it off and I put it off and I put it. And finally, it's like, then it's a problem. And you're like, okay, if I had just answered the email, this wouldn't have been a problem. Yes, exactly. And and that's why I think, you know, I, I will advocate for the right systems for yourself always, because, you know, what can you do to answer the email rather than just say, I don't need to answer the email or answering emails is stupid or, um, <laughs> you know, is, I should. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is <yeah>. so stupid, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> it is stupid. Or I shouldn't need to answer the email. Like right. none of those opinions are going to help you do what needs to get done to make an impact on the world. So find, find a way to gamify it or something, um, or restructure your business. So you're not emailing anymore. (laughs) Um, either way you've created the, the issue in your life and you need to find a way to do it. Yeah. I know we're almost out of time together, but we didn't touch, we didn't touch on this and I don't know if it's important to touch on it. You tell me. Um, and as far as like support systems for neurodiverse entrepreneurs, like, is there, do you think there is, it probably isn't a one size fits all support system, but is there anything you particularly have found helpful in your journey, like outside support? Definitely. Uh, yeah. Most of my clients really value accountability. And so that can look a lot of different ways structurally, whether it's co-working or just checking in with an accountability buddy, they often need something that is outside of them um, to say, hey, you were working on this and how is it going? <laughs> Where are you on that? Yeah. Or, or just having the space that you dedicate um, and, and doing some body, body doubling. So that's a big theme for sure. And also besides that, just having enough time to rest. Enough, you know, the word enough on its own is flexible. Yeah. We, but we need to find a way to refuel the tank. 
and then remove any guilt or shame uh, about about needing it. Uh, you know, we we as neurodiverse folks, we we burn out a lot faster than neurotypical folks, and so releasing the any messages about being weak or it's not important to do that, anything like that is the other side of, of this advice. I would say those are the two real, really consistent necessities. I love that. For those people who are who have been listening to us for this 30 minutes and now might think that they are neurodiverse, how do you get diagnosed for neurodiverse, neurodivergence? Sorry. So it probably varies state to state, but here in California, you would start with your therapist and or a psychiatrist, and then you would be referred to uh, any type of testing from there. Um, it does, I think it does depend on, it, it, you know, what exactly the condition is that you're, you're seeking sure. treatment for and, and testing for. So yeah, but definitely I would say overall, you know, trying to stay away from medical advice, like just don't rely on like an Instagram quiz. Right. And <laughs> or a podcast or a TikTok. <laughs> or a podcast, yeah. yes. This is not medical advice. That's right. Remember, but, but also, you know, ask for the help you need and continue to advocate for yourself throughout the process because it can be really frustrating. It can, you know, you can have a long wait. Um, and you may not, you know, get the support that you need right away. Yeah. And, you know, that's definitely happened to me and my clients. So advocating for yourself and then giving yourself some, the rest that you need afterwards, after you've dealt with all the bullshit is really, really important. Right. And I think, you know, neurotypical or neurodiverse, whoever, however you identify as you listen to this, you know, conversation, um, there's no it won't hurt you to establish better habits. It won't hurt you to rest more. And so if you see yourself in any of the things we spoke about and you're like, oh my gosh, this means I'm neurodiverse, maybe, or it just might be that you need to sleep, y'all. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Both those things are valid. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's experience is welcome here, but I don't want anyone running off to TikTok land to be like, oh my God, let me get on to ADHD TikTok. I mean, maybe, but also, is that really going to help you? Who knows? Yes. I think that we can all, I, I totally agree. Um, we probably all need to sleep more. We yeah. probably <laughs> yes. all could rest more. We probably could all listen to our bodies more. Um, and, it, you know, so doing that, uh, that's the first step. Just yeah. like do that. <laughs> and, you know, the, but the next layer of this um, is really, you know, as Trisha Hersey, who is the founder of the NAP ministry, says rest is resistance. That's right. We can't do anything worth doing uh, when we when we're tired and when we constantly feel like we're we're never enough and we're never doing enough. And it's just it's it's never, never, ever enough. So we need to to fight all of the evil in the world and to stand up and make good, we have to rest. I one hundred percent agree with you, Jess. And if this is the first time you've uh, listened to my show. We did do an episode on the power of sleep just a couple of weeks ago. It was episode 165. So go, we'll link to that as well. So in case you are someone who's struggling with sleep, um, we, we tackled that as well. We're here for the whole life thing right now, you guys. We're talking oh, yeah. all the life stuff right now. 
Because <laughs> the business stuff we've been talking about for like two years. So you got a plenty of archives of the business stuff, but I want to make sure that we're taking care of our, our one body and our one mind, you know? Yes. It's so important. Yeah, I love that. Jess, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom today. Where can people find you on the internet? So folks can find me at backbone-business.com and on the on the World Wide Web. Um, <laughs> and I'm really active also on Instagram at Backbone Business and on LinkedIn, just obviously under my name, Jess Cosway. We will link to all of those things in the show notes. So in case you're driving, you don't have to stop and take a note. Um, Jess, thank you so much for being here. You're just a wealth of knowledge and I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much, Renee. This was a lot of fun. Really, really happy to be here. Me Thanks too. For having me, me too. All right, listeners, you know what I'm going to tell you. Thanks for being here. I know that your time is the one thing that you cannot make any more of. So I'm always super grateful and honored that you spent it with me today. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.